always talk about launching your business and taking it to the next level because some of you guys are at the stage where you're just getting started and some of you guys want to take it to that next level, right? And there's a lot that goes into it. It's always scary at whatever stage you're at, right? Whatever stage you're at becomes scary. It's the first time you've been at that stage. It's the first stage or the next stage, that next leap of faith that you have to take to get where you want to be. So as we go through this, and we're working through all the tech issues here today, so we're going to have some fun and just roll with it because life happens, and that's all we can ever do is just roll with the punches. So what if, this is always the question, because each one of you guys has a different question. What if you could find a deal today? Maybe it's your first, maybe it's your 41st, right? And you could generate revenue uh, five to six different ways. Would that be okay with you guys? Yeah. Right. Uh, and then for those of you guys online, type in where you're from or where your location is right now. And then if you have experience or not, I can tell a lot of people in the room. I can't tell all the people online. I'll make sure I can see the chat as well. And that way- You got babies uh, in the house. Okay. Yeah, make them type it in. They got to type it in. We Gamer's trying to help you guys out, but no, right? <laughs> I'm a different type of trainer. You guys have to participate or you don't get the information. I've obviously got way too many things. So I've got a little a golden rule in my life that I live by, which is say yes to 70 to 80% of what you want. I hear all the time from people, it's not exactly what I want. Well, is it 70 to 80% of what you want? Then say yes. Because when we sometimes when we get exactly what we want, guess what happens? It's not really what we want, right? And sometimes you're not ready for that 100% yet. You have to stair-step your way there. And so we see a lot of people not do real estate deals. I see a lot of people not say yes to opportunities because it's not everything I want. It's not perfect. When is life ever perfect, right? So you have to say yes to the opportunities that lead you to the next stage. And I can walk you through that process in my own life going from an IT executive to here by saying yes to 70 to 80% of what I wanted because I didn't know where it would lead. A lot of you guys, if you actually look back on your life, I'm yeah. post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I look back on my life, on your life, you probably sort of took, your life took some twists and turns, right? I mean, it didn't take the twists and turns. You wouldn't have learned some lessons. You wouldn't have learned some different things, right? So, you know, we have to go through that process, but lots of people are like, no, I have to, have the perfect opportunity. Just want to get past that, right? If it's 70 to 80%, and you get to judge that, then you say yes. Otherwise, you know, you'll stay right where you are in your comfort zone. And that's not a place we want to end up. True? All right, so let's see. We got Las Vegas, Las Vegas. All right, so nice and early for you guys out there in Vegas. Guess you weren't at the casino last night. All right. So we're going to talk about your lobster story. All right. As we go through this, uh, does everybody know the story behind lobsters? A little bit. Okay. So we'll tell you a little bit about that. We'll talk about finding deals. We'll talk about some Airbnb changes. And then we'll talk about some of the what ifs that are out there. Because you guys all have a lobster story. And uh, I'll just show you an easy way of doing that. Now, we don't want you to be a fake lobster. 
right? I don't want you to be something, tell people you're something that you're not, all right? That's, you know, some people say fake it till you make it. Well, let's not quite do that. Just say, hey, I'm getting started. I'd rather people be honest with me because I test people all the time to see their knowledge. And that's how I determine if they, if I do business with them or not. I ask you questions that I already know the answer to. And if you can't answer them, then I don't want to do business with you, but I'll play dumb. Now, in this setting, you guys sort of know who I am. I'll introduce myself here in a second for those of you guys that don't. But you sort of, because I'm in the front of the room, obviously, I've got experience in this. Can we agree? Yes. If I wasn't in the front of the room and I was just talking with you, that'd be a different story. So I can't really, like, do the same thing here where I would just, any real estate agents here? Anyone's online? So a question I would always ask real estate agents is, what is this 1030 something? <laughs> Can you explain it to me? Right. Especially if they work with investors, I'd be like, oh, yeah, can you explain this to me? Like, I want to do this. Ten, I heard about this 1030 something. You're going to explain it to me. Can you tell me what it is? I know the I'm a former continuing education instructor for real estate agents, mortgage brokers and attorneys in four different states. But I don't lead with that. It's like leading with your flashy car. You pull up with your flashy car where he's like, oh, this person's supposed to know stuff. Then if you don't know stuff, what happens to your reputation? I'd rather show up with the jeans, the nice shirt, like how I'm sort of dressed today. So people are like, yeah, he's, he's all right. He's, <laughs> you know, he's okay. He knows some things. And then I ask those questions and, and then I, that's how I can test them, right? Does anybody know what a 1031 exchange is? A few people here in the room. Who wants to try a shot at the definition? Okay, that's a general summary. So yep. to, to repeat what she said, but what's on the technical terms behind it. So the technical terms was you, you have an investment property, you sell it, you don't want to pay capital gains. So you roll it over into the next property, right? So two, two answers I always accept, it, it, and, or three answers. And this time it was a general scenario because I wasn't like, give me the technical definition, which is what I would ask for a real estate agent. I'd be like, give me the technical definitions. How does it work? Right. I don't, I don't want the general. I want the technical because they're supposed to know that. In your case, you're not an agent. So it works. Right. One is I don't know. Let me go find out. I always accept that answer. Why do I accept that answer? They're being honest. They're not going to fake some knowledge later in the future either. What are they going to tell me? I don't know. Let me go find out. And I'd rather have somebody be like, I don't know. Let me go find out than try and fake an answer that's going to get me in trouble. The other answer is the correct <laughs> Anything else in between? I'm like, I don't want to work. With you. It's pretty much my definition in my head. So what it tells me is you're going to fake information. Right? If I ask you a number on a deal, you're going to be like, well, it's like this. And now I have to double. And I, I know I have to go double check it because I don't know if I can trust them. Right? So we start those interactions right from the very start. So just to give you the quick technical definition, it's not so quick, but I'll give you the technical definition because I know some of you guys looking at this. So in a 1031 exchange, you have to do a like type exchange, property type for property type. So investment property for investment type, uh, you've got 45 days or 40, depending on time of the year, it's either 45 days or 90 days. So identify three properties that you want to buy. You have 180 days to close on those properties. You're not closed on any of those three properties that you identify within that 45 day period, you lose your 1031 exchange. 
must be done through a third party provider on that. Now, at the end of the year, those timeframes all get shortened because it has to be completed by the end of the year. Okay. Now, I said that fast, but you guys caught the gist of it. Yes. Sorry, what was your name? Alex? So you use Alex's definition as the, as the, as the simplest one for you guys as investors. But when you when you talk with agents or you want to test them on something, you guys can find your own test question. So that's why I say, don't fake your lobster story because I will know. Uh, the technical definition, you have 180 days, except at the end of the year. At the end of the year, you have to do it before the end of the year. So there's only, you know, 120 days left in the end of the year. You got to do it before the, the calendar year turns. See, if I was to go like this, this is me. Some of you guys go, Ooh. That's a lot of stuff, right? But just think, I was pretty much where most of you guys were at one point, right? And it's just me doing a whole bunch of things. But if I say this, right, uh, I'm an author, I'm an instructor, I'm all these different things. People go, okay, cool, cool story, bro. But if we tell the lobster story like this, right? We all had to get somewhere. Now, story behind lobsters is this, in order for them to grow, you know what a lobster has to do? Has to break its shell. So think you're growing, you're growing, you're growing inside this tiny little shell and it gets so painful that finally you have to break out of it. And then you're vulnerable. You've got no shell. You're swimming around the ocean with no shell. What can happen? Predator, you can get eaten at that point, right? So you got to go hide a little bit. You got to grow a shell. And then you grow and you grow and you grow. And then it becomes super painful again. You got to break out of your shell. And then you're vulnerable again at the next stage. Does that sound like anything in your life? Yeah. Every time you wanted to make a shift, what happened? Painful, right? It was painful. There was something going on. It was super painful in your life. So lobsters do this five to seven times in their first like five years or something like that. Right? So some of you guys are in that vulnerable stage. Some of you guys are in that painful stage. We want you guys to break out of that shell and get to that next thing. That next thing might be real estate investing, might be business ownership, it might be an entrepreneur. I don't know what it is for you. But that's what it is. So let's talk about this. So we all start somewhere, right? Woo. And I had hair. <laughs> all right. So that's a little lobster story. Now, you know, growing up, a lot of things are implanted on us. You're good at math and you're not good at math. You're good in English. You're not good in English. You're good in certain things. You get rewarded. And that's sort of the path you follow. True. A lot of it's implanted on us by our parents and all those things. Sorry, I got into a bit of neuroscience and all the different things. So there you go. So I ended up being really good at math and I can't spell or do grammar. My, my, my mom was an English teacher. My dad was a math teacher and I followed my dad, the math teacher. I could do numbers really well. I still can to this day. So they pushed me into computers. So I went into IT at a very young age, um, went through that, played all sorts of sports, but I couldn't play sports unless I had good grades. I had to play and a musical instrument, which I hated by the way. I, I'll tell you that story another day, uh, how I got out of playing musical instruments. Um, so, but it was one of those things which led me into the corporate world. I come from three generations of teachers, 
But all told them, if you study hard and get a good education, how many people heard that lot? Yeah. All right, leads to a good job, you'll be successful. That's why most of you guys are here. Sure. Right? I just tell it how it is. So, you know, some people might want to coach and train with me. And I'm like, <laughs> as long as I can, you know, like, I'm going to tell you the truth. And it might hurt. But it's like that sports coach. Like, it's got to hurt for you to grow, right? It's got to hurt for you to get motivated. It's got to hurt to get to that next level. It's like that lobster shell, right? But I'll do it with love. So then I started working in corporate America. And everybody said, you know, I was doing great. Uh, I became the youngest director of a company called Getty Images. I don't know if anybody's familiar with sports, paparazzi, photos, newspapers. You see the photo, the caption under most photos say photos by Getty Images from the pop red carpet events, you know, we sold Angelina Jolie's baby photos for like $2 million, whatever it happened to be. Now I wasn't on the, I was IT. So my job was to get a photo in from anywhere in the world and out to every major newspaper in under five minutes. So that's, they pick the photos that fast. They go into editions and things and they put them in and that's how the company makes money. And then it was a Tuesday morning. I was sitting in my office. It was a beautiful day, high on life, not a cloud in the sky. And I was making more money than my parents combined at under the age of 30. Stock options in a company that was eventually sold for a billion dollars. And um, two planes went flying past my window. I just moved to New York City on September 1st, 2001. And 10 days later, this happened. Right? Now, previously, I thought I was happy. Right. And then all of a sudden, sometimes something happens in your life. It could be the death of a family member. It could be COVID. It could be, you know, or the breakup of a relationship. It could be a job loss. It could be all sorts of things. It doesn't have to be something as big as that to, you know, to sort of give you that wake up call and take that reevaluation of your life. All right. So that's actually my photo that I took that day. Um, you know, all our photographers went running down to the scene. We didn't have handy dandy cell phone cameras back then. No such thing. You know, uh, the only digital camera we had was in the IT department. And they told me to run it to the roof to give it to a photographer. So I ran up there. There's no photographer. I handed it to another lady that was like the picture desk editor. You know, she's in charge of photos. And she's like, I'm not taking the photo. I'm like, you just climbed over. You don't know how much crap we had to climb over to get to the roof, even though it's supposed to be like a fire exit. Like back then, nobody cared, right? Like, I was like, nobody's ever going to the roof. Like. So we got up there, we took the photo. You could still see the flames, right, coming out of the second building. That's how soon after that had happened. Uh, and I won't tell you the story, the rest of the crazy stuff we did that day. It's actually, I actually put a lot of it in the book, The Launch Button, uh, in here to hear that story. But again, we held some things back. But shortly thereafter that, you know, I realized I had the money. I had the financial freedom but I didn't have the time freedom and I wasn't happy doing what I was doing because I realized, you know, it took several months after, not right after, right. To process everything. But the only difference between me and the people in that building is my company signed a lease on a smaller building. That's it. Otherwise I end up in the same spot. Right. And we took the photos of the 13 people jumping off the top story that had a choice to jump or burn. Right. That was their decision that day. Come on in, welcome. Come on up. We have plenty of seats up front. All right? Uh, so, you know, when you've got that choice, it's like, do I jump? Or do I go through the fire? All right? What's your choice? 
speak up? I can't hear you. Well, so you don't, so, so for those guys online, let me, let me just share. He says, yes, he remembers that day. Most people remember where they were on that day, unless you're, um, out of my backpack, it would help if we keep the power on, on my laptop during the whole presentation. Um, so yes, most of you guys will not experience a 9-11. Can we agree? It'd be that close to it, but you have your own mini. 9-11s. That could have been the, like I said, that could have been the death of a relative. Could be the loss of a relationship. How many people go through a divorce? Yeah, that's it. How many people go through a divorce and they're like, I got to reevaluate my life. Or I was just talking with somebody yesterday. They had a 10-year relationship just end, right? And they're like, what do I do? I feel lost now, right? So everybody, you're not going to have something as dramatic as that. Hopefully, I hope you don't. Some of you guys have like, I've been told all sorts of crazy stories from, because I share mine, people are vulnerable to share theirs. So I've heard like great, great you know, grandfathers doing really bad things to kids all the way, right? Like, so you're not gonna have this experience, hopefully, but you have your own. Part of that is why you're here today, because you had to open yourselves up to that. You're not already part of the community. You had. You had something that you experienced that caused you to be like, hey, I'm not happy in my life. This caused me to go, I'm on top of the world. Well, actually, really, I'm not. Because I just got pushed along the river. And a lot of you guys get pushed along the river with whatever you're good at. People are like, you're good at that. Go do that. Okay, you're good at football. Go play football, right? So half the time you see these people, they're like, I don't even like football. I don't even know why I'm playing football. It was just you were good at it, so people kept encouraging you along that path. So it takes a traumatic situation like this. And for all our military veterans and first responders, I want to say thank you guys very much because you guys have seen things way worse than I did. So anybody here, military veteran, first responders, give them a round of applause, please. Um, you guys have had, you know, everybody's had their own situation. It's not going to be like this. Yes, this is compared to D-Day. This is compared to when JFK got shot. There was a situation and like, for some people, it's the space shuttle challenger when that went off, when they were in like high school or whatever, like there's all these different things that you guys can equate it to, but you also have ones in your life every couple of years that can like shock you, right? Like I know three people that died this week and, and yes, I experienced this, but all of a sudden it was another wake up call. It's like one day I was walking in and watch, you know, it was uh, in between periods of his kid's hockey game. He went out to his car, came back in, dropped dead. It's like 54 years old, just dropped dead like that, you know, like, Oftentimes, I think we think we have way much, way more time than we do. So as you're breaking out of your lobster shell here today, you've got a story. I don't know what, exactly what that is, but there's a reason that you're here, which caused you to do something different. I mean, it's Saturday in Atlanta or Las Vegas, where you're not going to the casino and you're here with us, right? And there's a reason behind that. So just understand your reason. What that then led to is... 
said, all right, I don't want to do IT anymore. Like, I was like, all right, I started investing in real estate. I went on a, a friend's wedding in North Carolina. We stayed at this very interesting motel. And I was like, this is really weird. Why is every room decorated differently? So like one day we were there, I just asked questions. They're like, yeah, it's, it's a condo hotel. It's like, what's well, a condo hotel? Which is now, which is the precursor to Airbnb. And this is all the way back in 2005. So then I took a course. I said, you know what? I need to learn how to raise capital. So I took a course, right? Took a boot camp. So I, I mean, I teach boot camps. I, I love the education because it's the same type of thing, right? Like, so I went to this course for three days. At the end of the three days, this lady's like, hey, can you stay after? And I was like, okay. She walks up to me. She's like, you want a job? I was like, a job doing what? He's like, you want to fly around the country and teach and train real estate investors? And I was like, you need it. No, again, this is 2005. It's not all over YouTube. You can't go on YouTube and watch stuff or TikTok or whatever the little gurus are doing now, right? It was like, hey, do you want to actually fly around the country and take, teach these three days events? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, can you get paid? They're like, yeah, you got to do these things. So they offered me a tryout. Remember I said 70 to 80%? They're like, you have to buy our coaching program. You buy our coaching program because you've never spoken before. You've never get, given a, a presentation before. Now I'd spoken to the Wall Street analyst. I'd spoken in corporate, but I'd never been on stage in front of a thousand people. This is a little small group for me, but, you know, been on stage in front of a thousand to three thousand people and been like, hey, give me your money. <laughs> right. So it was like, OK, so I had a choice. Right. I was like, I don't know if I could do it. So I kept my IT job and I would fly around the country on the weekends. Teach and train real estate investors. And I met this guy. Anybody know who that guy is? He's the king of no money down deals. Robert Allen. Right. So I had to go interview with that guy. Right. And so he was like, okay. And then we did so well. I went from their lowest level instructor to getting invited to his birthday party on top of, at that time when San Francisco was nice, uh, <laughs> the Hilton Hotel there where we celebrated his birthday. Okay. Celebrated his birthday. We were the instructors teaching his birthday event. So I went from a nobody in that organization to all the way up, up on top. And then uh, some of you guys know Chris Albin. Chris Albin invited me to come meet this guy in a dark, dingy hotel room in New York City. <laughs> I think that was in the picture from the very first day we met or something like that, like before I even knew who he really was. Okay. And so that led me to the Renatus community and being an OG. So this was actually before Renatus was even born. I met Bob in, one of it, in his previous company. And then he invited me to be a part of Renatus. Um, and... So, so they got to do a whole bunch of different things. Up there in the upper left is the original, uh, what you guys now call the path, right? I think there's only like four of us still left in the company, four or five of us still left in the company mm -hmm. out of that very first photo. Uh, I've been to people's weddings within the community. You get to dress up as Superman on stage, you know, back in the day. Some of you guys were there for that event. I got to take Bob Snyder and Woody. Uh, the first time they ever dove was uh, snorkel or dive was sharks. I set that up for us. It's a 
pretty fun experience and uh, you know we like to have some fun as as the pack on there but you guys all have different reasons so i think i was like the first one of the first 20 people in in the organization for that and then the covid years hit right the covid years hit now during covid now look we broke out of the shell right it to, to saying yes remember i said say yes to 70 to 80 percent of the opportunities so when i said yes to that okay let me try this job flying around the country that led to a whole new career why did i say yes to it because i wanted to be in front of real estate investors i wanted to i took that course to learn how to raise capital from real estate investors and now they're going to put me in a room full of real estate investors but i had a tryout and if i failed the tryout i was out That was the funniest job interview I've ever won. Because they're like, you have no experience, the HR lady. I'm like, you're right. She's like, why are you here? I don't know. Because your VP said to come here. I didn't apply. I didn't do anything. And the lady was just, you ever see anybody in HR or no HR people? Oh, like they're great. protecting the company. Yeah. She was getting madder and madder and madder. You just tell her face, she's getting redder and redder and redder. She's like, what if you don't make it? I'm like, then I don't make it. She's like, the people were like 10 years, like goes off on me. The people like 10 years that have been sweet and treated that never made it. You, why do you think you can do it? I go, I don't know. Your VP said to be here, so I'm here. She's so mad. <laughs> She's like, what do you want me to do? I was like, well, I'm supposed to talk to the SVP here in a second. So, you know, can I go to that interview now? <laughs> I got five weeks. You're not really paying me. It was like, they were paying me, I think like $300 for the weekend. They would fly me to a city at five weeks. If I passed, I was in. If I failed, I was out. And I was like, cool. But, so COVID years, the question is, did you shrink or did you grow during COVID? How many guys felt like you shrunk? You guys online, type it in. S or G? How many people felt like you grow? How many people did both? Because there was a period there, right? I think everybody had a period where they shrunk a little bit. You pulled back from the things you were doing. You sort of shut down a little bit, right? You did that. But you also had an opportunity to grow if you wanted to as well. So that's the opportunity. So what came out of that, right? So what came out of that was we had to put the community back together, the Renatus family back together, right? That was part of it. Uh, so getting back together with people. Uh, we've got our million dollar club up there. We've got our instructors over here. Uh, started to get back out with the different communities. We started running boot camps. One of the things that I felt wasn't being provided was actually taking people out into the field. Right? So what if you did spend three days with me out in the field and you could truly see how I think, how I do things. And it is crazy the amount of stuff you guys get done because I take away your brain. I'm really taking away your brain, but I use that. I take away all the questions in your brain and that little voice that goes, should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? Should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? Right. We start at 8 a.m. with workouts, half hour of workout. We, we go to training and we end when we end. Now we have fun. I bring in a chef. So you get healthy foods. You get all those things. We start to change your diet. But it's amazing what you guys actually can see yourself doing. When you don't have really a lot of time to think, what do I do next? You just have to do. 
right? And that gets people past a lot of things. So we started doing these, so you could see some, some of the fun, and then we had some fun with it, of course, because you can't work without having fun. And then that led to uh, some pretty cool opportunities for me during COVID. I got a chance to speak in Portugal at the first ever uh, Humanity Summit, where we were able to talk about ecotourism and how to work with indigenous people and still allow Airbnb and tourism to grow. Uh, we got into some glamping. Uh, we got a chance to speak at some women's summits. We launched the book, the launch button in 2022 during COVID. Became the best author on there. We beat Robert Kiyosaki for one day. That's all we needed to. <laughs> all of real estate, all real estate investing. Uh, we're in the process of raising 7.5 million for doing uh, glamping, Airbnb, small hotels. Uh, we launched some new training programs. The podcast is coming out this year. I did become a real estate agent, even though I'm not going to act in that capacity here today, even though I was, now, by the way, I was teaching and training real estate investments, real estate agents, investors, mortgage brokers in four different states. I was certified for about five years and I was never an agent, just so we're clear on that. I only became one during COVID. Uh, so we're expanding a nationwide brokerage on that. We've got uh, team members in, in five states currently doing that. So there's all sorts of things to do. So whatever you set your mind to, you guys can go ahead and do. And we started putting a lot of millionaires and billionaires in our phone. So over in uh, at the Humanity Summit, we, we started making connections globally, right? With people from all over the globe. I do have some copies of the book, but for those of you guys online, if you want that, you can hit that QR code. It'll take you right to Amazon. You guys can grab it there. One of the fun connections that I got a chance to make was one of Nelson Mandela's great, great grandsons. And it was uh, a really cool experience. Do that. I'll show you how to grow relationships faster, better. By the end of that event, he was calling me. Right, So I wasn't chasing him. He was calling me. And in fact, I just got back from South Africa where we spent three days. So I went there for a safari and a whole bunch of other things. Because of him, I stayed an extra three days to go check out his town to see what we could potentially go develop there. Is that all right with you guys? Yeah. Now, look, I built that relationship with him in three days to the point where he wanted to invite me to his home. Get a chance to meet his daughter, his girlfriend, all these different things. I'll show you guys how you can build those relationships quickly in the future as we get going. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Because I have the saying, a lot of people have heard it, one plus one equals a thousand. One plus one no longer equals two, if you do this right. But a lot of you guys do this wrong. Okay, and the, anybody here like rock and roll? Okay. That guy right there is the number one rock and roll drummer in the world, All right? Uh, this is Lee Steinberg. I don't know if you ever saw the uh, movie Jerry Maguire. He's one of two of the sports agents that the uh, movie was built off of. We got some this is one of the guys from 18 years that started with me in real estate. My partner now, and met some of these other people. Dr. George Frazier there is actually going to build, and I don't know if you guys know this, but they're going to build the African American yeah. uh, Hall of Fame right here in Atlanta, right for business owners and entrepreneurs that have gone out there and, and made a huge difference. And he's behind the project, right? So I got a chance to meet him at another speaking event. 
So I say one plus one equals a thousand because if people like you, trust you, then they'll do business with you. But what a lot of people do on the marketing side is go buy my product, buy my product, buy my product, right? You go buy my product, buy my product. I don't want to buy your product because you don't know who I am. You don't know what I care about. You don't know my values. Why would I want to buy your product? If you want to connect, you can hit that QR code there so you guys can fill out the form and connect. Actually, if you want the slides from today, I think that's what I got it set up. I don't know. If you want the slides from today's presentation, I will give them to you. You just hit that QR code. You just give me a little bit of your information and you get all the slides. How's that? You don't have to take crazy notes if you don't want to. But I do suggest you take notes anyway so you have your own notes that go along with it. All right. Awesome. We good? That book. All right. Actually, we're not doing finding deals. And, oh, I did this back. I did pull the wrong one. All right, we're not going to do finding deals right now because if I do that, oh yeah, I did the right. Sorry. Sometimes I outsmart myself. <laughs> we're going to do finding deals at the end of today because what I found in the past when I do finding deals is then all you guys trying to do is keep doing that while we try and do the other training. So we're going to push that to the afternoon. But we are going to talk a little bit about the market and things like that so we can understand that. So we call real estate the ideal investment. And by the way, before I jump into this, any questions? So did you see the lobster story? How many times did we grow up? Right during COVID, I could have stayed here, or we started growing internationally now. Right? What if we invest in a safari place, safari lodge? And then we have to go over there and look at all the animals. And I didn't have time to put all those pictures in. You can go to my Instagram and see all that. Right? Would that be a cool investment? Then we have to travel and check it out. So they want to add another fifty bed, another fifty tents to their property. So like those opportunities come when we're putting ourselves out there. We're giving ourselves those opportunities. So we call real Any questions online? Any questions here? Sure. Yeah, one question uh, is, um, I'm interested in how the continuing education world that you stood in shaped what you could hear and what you could see. What do you mean? Um, so I'm a being I'm a veteran, I'm a human rights consultant, that shapes what I hear and see. But continuing education is about sharing, making stuff available, putting it on display, a communication framework. That's already there when people say whatever they say to you. And I'm interested, did you consider how that impacted your relationship and your, your, the shell you had to break? Um, so... No, because when I started teaching and training investors, one of the things was and that we got certified as CE instructors. Uh, okay. So we were not necessarily teaching on the basics of being a real estate agent or okay. broker. We were teaching on here's the latest trends. Here's what's going on. So just like I'm doing here, that's just what I'm teaching here is what I was teaching then, back then. Yeah. And we just continue to shift it as the market changes, right? Three years ago, we're not talking about glamping. Now we're talking about glamping. So it continually changes. But what it did give me exposure to is different connections. Uh -huh. And then it was up to me to build those connections. Okay. Right? And that's what I'm saying. Like with these connections, with these people up here, yeah. everybody wants their contact information. Can we, can we say that? Yes. Everybody wants to talk to them. So how do you stand out in that world? 
right? At this event, you know, the Humanity Summit, and everybody knows Nelson Mandela's grandson's there, so what's everybody wanting them to do? Get his number, get his number, get his number, right? Like, we, we spoke in, just to give you a little funny side story here on that question, two days we were down in a beach village called Faro, and then two days we were up in Lisbon. And so, I won't tell you how we originally built the connection, but you know, when we got to Lisbon the next day, he, I walked into the event. He goes, Hugh, you didn't call me last night to go out. What would you have said? Sorry. <laughs> Let me make it up to you. You guys think that's what I said? No. She said, let's go out tonight. Yeah. So he said, I'm sorry. She said, let's go out tonight. I said, you have a phone. You could have called me. Right? You know what he did? He did your exact reaction. He broke up laughing. Why? Because I treated him just like I would treat one of my friends. Right? And he goes, and he's like, he laughed. He's like, all right, good point. So we're going out tonight. I was like, sure, let's go out tonight. Right? Like when you put them here, and I'm not that's you have to put them there at certain stages, but you know, on stage, on certain things, you've got to show the respect. But if you were going to have a friendship, he's not, you know, if, if you're just idol worshiping him, he's not about any of his home because he's got 10,000 other people like that. What value can you bring to him? Right. So me doing that and my, and that is honest to God response. There are people there that, that will validate that. And even at the end of this, by the way, he chased me around to buy my book. He said, are you going to, he says, Hugh, I see you selling your book. And I said, yeah. He goes, are you going to, why haven't you asked me to buy it? I said, I don't want you to buy it. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't want you to buy it. If I wanted you to buy it, I would have offered to sell it to you. I said, look, I'll give it to you. And you bring me something from South Africa worth $20. He's like, okay, sure. Right? So they're used to being chased. They're used to being certain things. So there's just a different mentality of building that relationship. Right? I spoke at a, with Dr. Frazier. Yeah. Right? I was the only white guy that spoke to that. No, that's right. <laughs> no, that's right. Uh -huh. right? And I'll tell you, it's the first time I was a bit uncomfortable speaking at an event. Okay. Just full disclosure, since you asked the question, and obviously you know Dr. George Frazier and, and that group. Yeah. About the first hour intro was about how the white man's yeah. keeping them down. And yes, he's the first yeah. one up on the stage. <laughs> Right? Who's who's one of the first people up on stage? And I came off stage, and he, him, and um, I forget the other billionaire's name came over to me and was like, oh, "You did a really good job." Right? And so I was like, right there. But, but that was the first time. I'm like, oh crap! Like I don't know what's gonna happen. But that's just showing you, right? That's the that's the growth of the lobster, right? To be able to go ahead and do that, to be able to go ahead and and grow like that. Right, you've got to put yourself in different audiences. Uh, that was a woman empowerment, African American empowerment event, right? Like, and here I am, all of those. <laughs> but we can break down barriers every which way.
right? We can break down barriers every which way and to be able to go ahead and do that. So any other questions on lobster? Like that's putting yourselves in those situations makes you a little uncomfortable and you need that, right? Some of you guys being here today makes you uncomfortable. Some of you guys asking questions makes you uncomfortable. That's okay. You're growing. Right? That's what we want. Is this helping you guys? Yeah. I will ask somebody to get, uh, at some point, can I get a Celsius? You guys know those energy drinks? I told Michael, but I don't think he communicated that. Yeah, we can. Yeah, that's fine. It doesn't have to be now, whenever. Uh, yeah, I saw, I saw she was like, I'm running out, I'm gonna get it right now. I was like, no, no, but I'll need it later. All right, cool. So are we ready to jump into real estate? Type a Y online if you're ready to jump in. Do we know where you're paying attention? Yeah, you can't just sit back there, fall asleep. I, I watch you guys on Zoom. I get it. Um, so the basics of real estate, all right, we understand that income, we call it ideal investment, income deductions, equity, appreciation, and leverage. I don't want you investing just for, for appreciation. Yeah. So one that we do not have control over. Right, I'll tell you some of the deals we did in Florida, some of the different things we did, and so. You know, and every TikTok guru out there right now is like, oh, I made so much money on in real estate. It's like, yeah, it was the best market ever. It was like 2004 to 2006, you know, six. And you could have just taken a dart, thrown it on a dartboard, bought a property anywhere in the United States, not done anything to it, not fixed it, not painted, not done anything. It sold it like $20,000, $40,000 more than you bought it before. All right. In a few years during COVID. Those were the COVID years. So you got to listen to people that are not the TikTok gurus that have only been in it for three to four years that have only seen the rise and not not the decline. All right. So I want you guys just to understand that. So when we talk about interest rates have been that big story for the longest time. Interest rates are going up. Interest rates are going up. Who cares? You guys know back in the 70s and 80s, people bought properties at 17% interest rate. Right. So when we talk about that, this is the historic national average. We're right there at the historic national average over the last 30 years. The average has been about 7.75%. We're right in that range. Doesn't change anything. So two years ago, you would have paid $2 million for a house at a 3% interest rate. Today, you'll pay probably 1.5 at an 8% interest rate. Now, what's the one thing we can never change on a real estate deal after we buy it? Purchase price. Purchase price never changes. So the question is, what if I can buy that property now at 1.5 at an 8% interest rate? When interest rates drop, what most likely happens to that value of that property? It goes up. Right? And then I can refinance later. So I buy it at 1.5 and I refinance at five. Now it's worth 1.75. I made 250 grand and I lowered my interest rate. So it's not a reason not to do a deal. A lot of people use it right now. High interest rates is a reason not to do a deal. That's not the reason. Right? 
It's not the reason not to do it. The numbers make sense at the current interest rate. They're going to make more sense at a lower interest rate. Now, I'm not psychic and I don't play one on TV, but, you know, everybody's saying interest rates are supposed to pull back. I, I, yeah, speak louder. Yeah, so he says Warren Buffett says when everybody's rushing in, you should wait. So whenever whenever there's bad news on something, it's typically when you should buy something. If you understand it. I always put that caveat on. If you understand. Don't understand it. Right? Then you gotta learn about it first. Because when everybody, when the newspaper is all saying, go buy real estate, go buy real estate, go buy real estate, what's already happened to the prices? They're already up. Right? The best time to buy typically in the stock market is after a crash, where everybody's fearful and they're selling off. But if you don't understand stocks, don't do it. First, educate yourself on that. I just saw somebody post the other day about like Bitcoin, get into Bitcoin or this coin or that coin. It's like, whoa, you educate yourself first. We never tell everybody everybody should do something. All right, they got to learn about it first so that they know the risk reward. Uh, so we have had last year was the slowest sale volume year, going all the way back to like I think two thousand eight for homes on a national average. It was projected about like four point three. If we come all the way back here to right here at four point one two. So if you think about that, that's about fifteen years. You had the lowest sales volume. What does sales volume mean? Houses sold in a year. Last year was the lowest sale year for houses. Funny, because there were so many real estate agents involved. Everybody was coming to real estate agent, coming to real estate agent. And last year, a lot of them dropped out. Why? Lowest sales volume. It was really hard to do a sale. All right. Now, there is still some foreclosures out there, and there is a housing shortage. So we don't quite know where things are going. States are finally starting to move forward with their foreclosure process that they didn't do during COVID. So they didn't want bad reputation, right? So we're going to see where that leads with the market. But if rates come down, that makes things easier than where they were. So interest rate projections for 2024. These prices are not guaranteed. This is what the experts are saying. I'm not paid enough to be an expert. So, right. And it's an election year. So you can see where everybody's sort of projecting the rates to come back down to at least 6.5, if not down to 5.5 around that area. So you know that and you can get a house now at the discounted price because interest rates are, are higher and people have less buying power. Right, you guys understand that when interest rates go up, right, your payments increase, so you can buy less of a house. It's about sixty thousand dollars per one percent interest on like a five hundred thousand dollar property. So if you didn't do that, and you know it's going to change in the future, you have that ability to rebuy as long as you can put yourself in that position. Again, right. Your debt to income ratio is not too high. You have that. So there's different things that you guys can do. Is this clear for you guys online? Questions? Questions in the room? 
talk about rates and opportunities. So he's saying because rates are lower at the three point four, the three to four percent typically is where it's sitting at right now. Uh, for most of the rates that were given out during the COVID period or leading into it, when we were at that unique low period, that there are different strategies and opportunities there if you can get them in time. You have to get them before they, the banks foreclose and and do their thing. Otherwise, it doesn't matter, right? So subject there, <clears throat> there's a lot of like subject to those types of things being talked about out there. Uh, but there are already people that are six, twelve months behind on their payments uh, that have to be caught up in order. Right. So then then you're into short sales. Then you're into a bunch of different things going on. Um, one of the groups we speak with has a good bankruptcy attorney for New Jersey, like different things like that are going on already. It's just understanding. But it, again, it has to do with being able to build like trust and then do business with people. Not hey, And the problem with a lot of it is, hey, I want to buy your house. Hey, I want to buy your house. Hey, I'll, I want to buy your house. <laughs> right. And what does that lead to? That leads to not building the light, not building the trust, and just buy my product. There's a couple seats up here if you guys want to, in the comfy chairs. Uh, uh, see, now you're trying to give tax and legal advice, and I, uh, I'm not going to do that. Okay. I'm not, but I'm, I'm not saying I disagree or not, but I, you can't make a statement that it's far better for them to do something without knowing their entire financial situation. So so um yeah so 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 we'll agree there's an opportunity out there. Right? What's better for somebody? I never tell somebody what's better for them or not, especially uh tax legal, like I know a lot of people why they go the bankruptcy route, why they do so I mean we work just one bankrupt. Like all these places do it for specific reasons that we may not understand that they do it for, right? Um, and there's different reasons to do different things. But yes, the overall options, your statement, yes, there's an opportunity there to get in and take advantage of it. And that's why a lot of you guys are here uh, in any market to go ahead and do that. I just stay away from pontificating on what's better for people because it's, it's really their choice. Right. And I don't do a lot of thinking for you. 
Like I present opportunities to people all the time and they're like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. And I'll tell you the number one reason most people don't do something is you didn't give them a good enough story to tell their friends. <laughs> they are so influenced by the five people around them. And I'll share, share a story with that. My guy actually asked me to, to share this, so it leads right into this. I'll share a story with you where I bought a house for $250,000. They were not happy, but they were happy at $235,000. <laughs> okay. So it's because they didn't have a good story to go tell their friends and their influencers to go ahead and do that. So we'll explain that coming up. Any other questions? Yeah, so it, yeah, it's, it's a little hard to hear the questions in the room. I'm trying to re repeat it for you. So the question, it was more of a statement about there's a good opportunity now uh, to go after the two to 3% mortgages and use different strategies to do that. Um, that is summarizes it, correct? Yeah, so that ability to do that. Cool. So that's a little bit about the real estate market. Uh, any other questions on the market? And again, it's going to be unique in each one of your areas, but any questions on the general status of the real estate market or anything like that? You guys speak louder again. You guys got to project in this room. Can you guys hear me in the back? Speak from here. <laughs> so are you looking for a wholesaler to bring you a deal? So, well, um, well, yes, I want to build a relationship with a wholesaler. If, if I want a wholesaler to bring me a deal, yes, I want to build that relationship, right? The question is, where do you find them once I find them, right? I'm not like, hey, I'm going to buy your deals all the time. I'm going to build a relationship that this is my criteria. This is what I'm looking for. This is how quickly do you want people to respond? How often do you send out deals? What do you do? I want to understand their process because I need to interview them. Because there's a lot of people out there that teach people. And I, when we used to have our offices and stuff, I'd have people walking in my office every week that say, I'm a wholesaler. You know what my real estate investor team do? We got a wholesaler here. I was like, did you ask them how many deals they've completed? Did you ask them how many? Well, I haven't done any yet. So you're not really a wholesaler. I know some, some guru on TikTok told you to walk around, tell everybody you're a wholesaler, get their contact information, and then you'll send have all these people in your database, right? Well, I do an interview process with them. They do an interview process with me. We like each other. We, we do that. We base it on other things. We find common ground that we like, that we relate to. Then I allow them to do business with. Right? So same thing. Go where the wholesalers hang out. Start to build relationships with them. Go to the meetups. Go to the different groups. Go to the different things and build those relationships. And you will see, right? A lot of things I tell people when they join um, different groups, different things is get some people in the waiting room. Uh, I went to grab it, but it disappeared on me. Is that it's about the people that show up continuously. Right? It's about the people that show up every week to the same meetings. 
It's about the people that are there all the time because those are the people that are going to keep coming back. If I give somebody my money, or if somebody comes to a meeting one time, I don't see them again for six months, and they're like, hey, invest in my deal. I'm like, well, you ran away for six months, and um, I didn't even give you money. What happens when I give you money? Now you got to be like, hey, where's my money? All right? So it's all about building relationships. So go where they are, go. Hang out where they hang out. Get to know them as people. That's going to tell you a lot about them. I'm not very... I want to meet people, whether it's over Zoom. You guys can do it over Zoom, set up time, do coffee over Zoom, do whatever, get a feel for them. I know in like four or five questions if I want to do business with somebody. All right? So it's just a skill that you're going to develop by just putting yourself in those scenarios. You know how many people walk up to me and like, I'm going to be your next superstar. I'm like, awesome. See you next week. Three weeks, they're not there. There goes my superstar. Darn. Right? A lot of people got that shiny object syndrome. They're jumping from thing to thing to thing. I want people that are going to stick to it. They're going to work through things. There are going to be ups and downs in life. There's going to be ups and downs in business. There's going to be things like that. Right? You want those people that know when something goes wrong on a deal, they don't just run away. I'd rather spend the time up front so I don't lose money. I didn't just fly to Africa as soon as he said, let's go develop this. I had another reason to go there and I was like, I'm going to be here and we coordinate the two things. We continue to talk through that process. All right, continue to get to know each other. Continue to do those things. Right? That's the process. You should not be giving somebody your money tomorrow. Like I know there's a lot of people that advertise in this community and other communities like, hey, let me your money. And they just show up and then people give them their money and they never see them again. Same thing. So somebody's part of a community doesn't mean you've got to make that decision for yourself. That help? All right, cool. Other questions? You guys good online?